everyone. Welcome back to another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and today I'm with Rocky Mountain's Jesse Melamed, EWS winner, engineer, and quite likely half-human, half-animal, if you ask me. Jesse, thanks for hanging out for a bit. You're home in Squamish after a couple of good races, a second and a win, and I think you're sitting second overall now. I got a bunch of questions for you, but before we do that, you got to be pretty damn happy right now, eh, with how things are going? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Um, I am. Yeah, it's... I guess it's nice to come home having some successful races after how much work you put in over the winter. Yeah. And it's just kind of like a, you can come home and have a little sigh of relief, give yourself a bit of a break and then get back to work. Do you wish that you just headed off straight to another race instead of having a kind of a long break or No, is it I nice? feel like racing takes a lot out of me. So I need to like really come home and reset. So it's kind of nice that the next race is in Whistler so I can stay home and I'll have to travel for the next one. Yeah, home race. We're going to get to that. I got some home race questions for you. Great. All right. So to set the scene a bit, we're sitting in my workshop here. We're surrounded by bikes, dogs, uh, lots of cords. <laughs> it's very sunny out. Jesse has just returned from one large bike ride. He's probably itching to get out for another one. So we're going to roll through some questions here. Uh, there's a bunch that I want to cover, but I want to start with your team, Jesse. You, ALN, Remy. I watched those Jank Files videos. It looks like you guys have so much fun. Yeah. How important is that for you? Um, I think it's, I mean, it, I guess I, I have come through a couple different teams or like the teams kind of morphed over the years. And <clears throat> it's gotten to the point now where, you know, we do all live in Squamish, but honestly, we don't, we don't hang out like that much in Squamish. So it's like, I, I get excited to go to the races, not only to go racing, but also to hang out with them. Yeah. Because I'm kind of a like slight introvert where I just kind of like like my alone time and my own things and so going to the races I get to spend so much time with all these people that I really like so it's I think that just makes the whole vibe and mental aspect of it really positive so it makes racing a little bit easier yeah yeah it, it looks like such a neat atmosphere especially like you said you're all from here and you're also all riding for Rocky Mountain which is just down the road how long have you been riding for them it, it looks like a good fit at this point yes yeah, like 20 years, years? 16 yeah. years I think so yeah in, how some, old in you? some form another 30 Jesus. So yeah. you've been riding for Rocky since you were a child. I mean, I've been child. riding a Rocky since I was 14. I got picked up um, uh, my trainer at the time. I, like He became my trainer, but he was running like Team Whistler Cycling, which is like a local club. Yep. And they were on Rocky. So that was, yeah, I think I was 14. What did you grow up racing? XC, XC downhill? XC, yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, XC, Whistler XC. So it, it like, honestly, it was... Whistler XC is essentially just enduro. Yeah. <laughs> Steep yeah. climbs and then really gnarly descends. <laughs> yeah, just just down the road. Uh, let's let's get nerdy for a few minutes. Let's talk about bikes. Uh, you are an engineer, which mm -hmm. some people maybe might not know. Mm -hmm. And you're pretty knowledgeable when it comes to bike setup. And it looks like you really enjoy uh, that part of the sport as well, too. So I want to start by talking about suspension. And I know it can be bike specific, but coil or air? Well, it's gone kind of back and forth. I was on air forever, and then I've been on coil for since 2020 now, mm -hmm. and that suited me really well. And uh, I have a new shock now that's air that I'm testing, and it's going pretty well, actually. Okay. Yeah. What What are the factors that go into that? Like, I see you riding a coil shock mostly these days. Why do you prefer coil? For me, um, and my riding style, I think it calms me down a bit allows me to ride a little bit more relaxed but still keep traction so you know i i like to go fast and get wild and the coil kind of saves me from crashing in those instances so okay. it's 
it's been really good for that. Our bike is really progressive, so I don't find it wallows too much. Um, <clears throat> but having spent some time on this air shock, I'm like, well, I do lose some of that like really supple, you know, calm feeling. Yeah. But it potentially, it has the potential to be faster. Like I can ride it faster, I think. Yeah. Depending on the course. Like you go to these big Alp stages, like wherever we were in Austria, those 13 minute stages, like <laughs> coils just, man, that's just going to outperform, I think, because it keeps you calm and stable for a longer period of time. It's so, more consistent is what you're getting at. Yeah, exactly. So I think going forward, it'll be like a, a terrain dependent choice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I sat on your bike last week mm -hmm. up on the mountain. Mm hmm and we weigh roughly the same. We're both solid muscle, 150-something <laughs> pounds. <Yeah. laughs> but I was surprised to find that, I mean, I I would have guessed like over 30% sag, 35% sag. Mm -hmm. and your fork didn't really feel all that stiff either. Now, I contrast to uh, like a professional downhill bike setup, which is ridiculously stiff in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that your bike was... I mean, that was the spring rate that I would run, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, just a difference between enduro and downhill. Like, those guys get so much practice on the trail, they know exactly where they're hitting and getting support, and they just need to be held up, and they can just muscle through it for a three, four-minute run, whereas we need a lot more kind of efficiency. So I remember I'm pretty soft and quite fast so that this, the rebound speed is what kind of keeps me up in the travel. You had no rebound damping, Jesse. I pushed out <laughs> your fork and, like, let me make the sound. Yeah. <laughs> So it's quite soft and like I do bottom out a lot, but you know, I, I'm pretty strong. So like when I, when those impacts happen, I can just take the force. That's interesting that you say you do bottom out a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked to some downhill racers and I asked them about bottoming out. Sometimes they say, oh, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. You know, they talk a lot about like preserving <coughs> geometry and mm -hmm. things like that. It, it sounds to me like you're looking more to control like the small and medium sized things and then you're a strong boy, you let your body deal with the big stuff. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I think like overall, we we just aren't hitting things as fast. Like we're not going as fast and we're not going as steep as those guys consistently. Like I think we do yeah. hit the same speeds and you know, from time to time, but overall, like in my head when I picture ideal race, it's like going really fast, being calm on the bike and just like, kind of bouncing over all the rough stuff and I just think a lot of that is like the medium to big size bumps and I just want to use like as much travel as I can so that yeah uh I save energy basically yeah yeah exactly over over a long day over a long a like, long day exactly yeah. it's 35 40 minutes of racing down the hill even if yeah. it's not downhill racing yeah yeah exactly uh you've been using fox suspension forever mm-hmm I imagine that you do not have the peasant tune in your fork and shock <laughs> that I get and the consumers get. Are you using special massaged things? It's possible. At this point, I don't even know what is in there. <laughs> I mean, I know what's in there, but I don't think it's grip too. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's, that's fair. We won't go any deeper yeah. than that, eh? Yeah, well, I felt your fork and your shock and geez, like they look like they would absorb like they move, mm. I looked at it and the suspension moved. Yeah. <laughs> That's how smooth it was. They're, honestly, it's it's been really good. I, I got some motion instruments this winter, which was like a huge, I just loved it. Like I, it was really overwhelming at first, but I just, it got me out riding so much. It's like, I need, I need more data. I need to see what I can do. <laughs> and so I was just riding a ton. And like, I think that really, we're all so close, but that really, help me figure out where I want my suspension to be, what feels good and what the data looks like. Yeah. And then once I've like 
for me, once mentally I've sorted that out, I could just ride my bike and absolutely charge and know that it's like set up really well. And then that was just a whole nother level of like, okay, my bike is just set up perfectly for me. That's interesting. I've had that motion instruments set up and it's, I wouldn't say it's like crazy complicated, but it's also like quite complicated, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's not something that you look at and just understand just by looking at it. I'm, I'm curious before you had that stuff, I assume you were running a setup that felt good to you. Mm -hmm. How did your setup change after using data acquisition and did it, did it feel less good, but faster? So did it allow you to go faster? The biggest thing, honestly, um, just in terms of when I got it, like timing wise, I made a change to my, so like last year I was running the mid chip in the rear end that Rocky custom made for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and that helped kind of, um, stabilize my bike and help get my front, uh, my weight over the front wheel more, which is what I needed. And then in Europe, I was finding my bike was a bit too long. So over the winter, I just went to the short chain stay and everything was good. And then as soon as I started to try to go fast, like kind of building up to the season, I was like, man, my front wheel traction is just like not good. So what the data did was show me my balance was like kind of off once I made that change. Oh. Cause once I shortened my rear end, less weight was being pushed over my front end. So my dynamic sag on my shock was way more than my fork, yep. which it should be, but it was like way off. So then I was like, okay, I like started lowering my, sh- uh, lowering my fork, lowering my fork. And then my fork ended up being really soft and then I sped it up to deal with that. And then my balance was good and I just felt like, yeah, it felt really good. Yeah. So you, what you were looking at there is basically like your dynamic ride height, like sort of what your suspension was running at. Yeah. And then there's obviously the speeds of compression and rebound and you kind of get those like pretty similar and whatever feels like manageable. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing was like, wow, I was, and that's what I always wanted. Like, where am I? No one knows where they're at in their suspension. Like, you can see, oh, my O-ring right <laughs> to the bottom. the bottom, but baby. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you don't actually know where you're spending most of your time. So that's yeah. my favorite thing about it is I put it on. Anytime I have something new to set up, it's like, okay, like, where am I? Like, where, where, what's my spring rate? Like, should I add pressure? Should I lower pressure? What's happening? I Wait, did you did you just go and buy this stuff? Or was this like a team thing? Or were you just like interested and got yeah, it? Yeah, it was on my own. I just, I wanted it. So I, I love it. it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You dork. <laughs> um, do you ever run that stuff at the races? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I practice with it um, in Scotland. I think I, I practice with it every race. Okay. Wow. And then took it off for, yeah. just to like, just to, again, to see actually for Petson Yamnitsa, I went to this like local bike park on a Tuesday or something. Cause it was so different from Scotland. Yeah. Did some testing, felt like I made a couple t- like tiny changes. I just, just, Got it where like I made some changes. I felt confident in those changes, took yep. it off. And then like, obviously that race went really, really well. So I think it just helps like dial into a zone maybe a bit quicker. Yeah. It's interesting. eh? like, I think if you went to the bike park and, and grab some people's bikes, like fast looking enduro bros and you, and you push down on their bikes there, I can almost guarantee you their bikes are, are sprung much stiffer, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little slower, like in my head, I just think you're going fast, so you just need stiffer suspension. But I, yeah, I was surprised. It was interesting. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I am pretty light, and I try to ride most of the time. I ride pretty light. Yeah, but the th- the thing is, you miss a line, and then <laughs> and then it's not so light. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll get there too in a yeah. few minutes. <laughs> um, are you changing suspension settings from race to race? Like I see these conditions, they vary so much. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Um, yeah. Not too much. Like enduro, each stage at a venue changes so much that like yeah yeah scotland was like way flatter so um i did add pressure and 
damping to my fork and pets in because it was so steep. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about tires? Are you changing tires? It's hard to go against the Asagai DHR2. <gasps> front and back? No, Asagai front? front, DHR2 back. I just, I tested DHR2 front and back in the winter just to see because a lot of the downhill guys do it. Yeah. And I was thinking like for rolling speed, it might help. But for our, we just have awkward corners and that Asagai just has so much grip everywhere. Yeah. So like nose picking or like long corners or short corners or flat corners, or steep corners. Like it just, it's just there. A bit, bit of a tractor tire for the back though, eh? Uh, yeah, I've found, I've tested it previously and it like kind of helped, it like oversteered me in corners. I had too much traction. So yeah, but I <laughs> want to try problem, Jesse. Yeah, I want to try it again because Remy's been running it and really likes it. So, but he's on a mullet, so it may be a bit different. Okay. Uh, let's talk tires and inserts for a second. Are you running uh, like an enduro casing tire with an insert or do you run downhill casing tires, no inserts? Depends on the track. Usually double down with like a cush core in the back. Yeah. Or in the front, depending on on how rough it is, but it changes. Yeah, Scotland. You, I think I ran no inserts because it was just just flat, and I needed yeah. rolling speed. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you like the way that they feel? I ask because sometimes when I when I ask racers this, especially downhill racers, a lot of times they're saying it's it's not for uh, rim protection or flat protection, but it's more of like damping. Like mm-hmm. it kind of calms things down. You notice that difference? My favorite thing was just the cornering feel. Actually, like. It stops the tire from squirming, so like there's no vagueness in the corner, so you know where the edge is, yeah. and you can hold that edge. Yeah. And that's what uh, that's why I really run it in the front. Like I don't really need the impact protection in the front. It's obviously a bonus, but it was just really you can run low tire pressure and get that traction, but then it like there's no vagueness. You just like yeah. you cut, and then if you start to drift, it's very controlled. So it's like you can kind of save it. You're only dealing with the tire moving across the ground. You're not dealing with the casing yeah. moving over top of the rim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, speaking of rims, you guys are running aluminum rims. Mm-hmm. Why don't you run carbon wheels like everybody else? Right? <laughs> uh, conformity. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I've ran, ran carbon rims. I usually run them in the winter just so I don't go through too many wheels in the winter. Yeah. But uh, I just find we can tune them to be more comfortable and, okay. and they like they dent in a good way where like they yeah. kind of don't ruin a race yeah you're not you're not thinking about not needing it not wanting to buy a rim you know three months down the road you just want to have the best feeling fastest bike yeah. for whatever how long the race is and not a second longer you know exactly yeah and yeah. there's sometimes when i finish it i'm like wow thank god that, <laughs> that wheel held together <laughs> yeah when when is the last time you had a flat or a major Whoa. mechanical. I don't know if we can talk about that. Yeah? When, uh, when was the last time I had a flat? Uh, Ludenville last year, actually. Oh, okay. It was a really unlucky, like, I couldn't even find it. It was like a tiny little pinch right above my rim rim bead. It was like a side swipe rock. Oh. So it was like... That was during a race run? Yeah. Yeah. And when that happens, are you pulling out plugs and No, rushing? like I said, I tried to find it, couldn't find it. So I just went down on the rim and like, these days your race is kind of over yeah it's yeah. so so close. Th- that was the top of a like 10 minute stage so yeah it was like there's no maybe close to the bottom you can get away with it but that was way too high and yeah i'd stopped to try to fix it so i was like well it was already like 30 seconds i i have a stupid question but you guys you guys don't get points for stage results on their own it's mm-hmm. overall results uh, actually there is some there's um pro stage so like the pro one off stage. stage yeah and then there's a queen stage designated on the big day yeah and that uh, gets points as well 
It would be interesting if they did a like a more WRC format where every stage counted towards your overall point. So if you flatted and you're out for the overall, which is the big points, mm. you could still contend for smaller amount of points for each stage. I think it would make things exciting. That is interesting. I didn't I'm know just that saying. they did it that way. Yeah. I'll bring it out to them. You should ask 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 them. Yeah. Yeah. Um what do you carry in a pack? When I'm racing or yeah. when I'm riding? No, just when you're racing. How pretty much water? pretty uh, minimal, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I basically have a tube, CO two tire levers, one up tool, um, some tape just like over my bike. Usually, stuff some zip ties in my bottom bracket. Okay, that's about it. And then water. We get pretty good like feed zones, so uh, I just bring a bottle. Yeah, usually one bottle. But then we got this new Evoc bag this year that's actually really sick. And like not even trying to plug it. It's I've I was done riding with backpacks. Yeah, I am got done. this bag and I'm like I ride with it all the time now. So like that's been really nice to not kind of uh, have anxiety for water. If like if there's a big state if there's a big day, I just put this bag on and I can have like one point five liters in my back. Yeah, so okay. It's really good. Okay. What do you carry in your bag when you just go for a ride around town? You just got back from a big <clears throat> ride. What did what did you have in your backpack? Nothing, I was just doing animals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. A bottle. And some shop blocks. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Just a gel, baby. I wake up, roll yeah. out of bed, slam a gel, go to some intervals. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Yakima. Look in your rearview mirror. Is your bike still there? Are those bungee cords still holding? Zip ties failed yet? Yakima has got your back with a rack for all your snacks and packs to get you to that Lomi single track. No whack. One bike, two bikes, three bikes, four. Bring your friends and even more. Check out our newest bike racks, Stage 2 and Hang Tight at Yakima.com. Through July, get 20% off using promo code PINKBIKE at checkout. Okay, I need to ask you about uh, something that's not so nice. Mm -hmm. um, about doping. Yeah. So, let's go back to 2018. We saw Jared and Richie fail a drug test. I think they said it would possibly came from tainted supplements or maybe even a bottle that was given to them from a, a stranger on course which is i feel like kind of scary mm -hmm. um as a as a top ews racer yourself what was going through your head when that news broke i just kind of like didn't i didn't want to believe it yeah and i still like don't i don't know i'm just like i don't i wouldn't think that anyone would go to that level Mm -hmm. um, but of course, we're in like a high level sport where there's a lot of money on the line. Um, back then it was like, that's shitty. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that like they got a fair punishment, like all the, that, I think their races were stripped for that year and then they couldn't race for a year and it's, yeah, you can, you can never know how, like, let's say they did, you know, how much did that benefit them in terms of, I don't know, like metabolically or whatever we're talking about like biologically maybe that stayed with them yeah but my thing was always like if you watch richie ride a bike <laughs> i don't care like i don't know man that guy just he's, he's he really exactly he's really good at riding a bike yeah so i don't know i didn't i was like whatever it's yeah it is what it is i did that humbled episode with him and like dude what the hell yeah, how are you so strong totally yeah like you look at that guy and it's like he'd have to be taking a lot more than what he got buzzed for, yeah. for yeah. it to be an advantage yeah i think for a professional athlete like that scenario failing a drug test and being innocent let's just say mm -hmm. let's just assume that's like a a nightmare scenario dude well, totally 
How careful are you with things that you eat and drink? Was 2018 an eye-opener for you that, as far as that goes? Yeah, coming from like, I raced XC, but it was I raced very like local, local level, never got tested, never was like in whatever system it was. Yeah. So I was super uninformed, honestly. Like, yeah. I think it really, it actually, it scared me quite a bit because I was like, well, I just take, you know, I take vitamins and I, I take whatever electrolyte powder and they're yeah. saying you cannot take anything that isn't sport tested. And I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? My vitamin C pills have like drugs yeah. in them. <laughs> so like, that's the thing is like, it's like, okay, well, that's really scary. So I, I, when that happened, I'd actually stopped taking all supplements and I was like, okay, I don't even want to risk it. Yeah. So I just focus on like real natural food for a couple of years and then uh it doesn't you kind of need supplements like and supplements kind of almost have a dirty name now because of mm -hmm. what it can lead to but i'm just talking like electrolyte powder and protein powder is basically all yeah. so yeah i just buy sport tested stuff vitamins i'm still like i do have sport tested vitamins but yeah i just try not to take too too many things yeah one one last question before we move on do you think your sport is clean i, I yeah i mean i i think most are i just yeah. I'm I side on like a optimistic view I guess same here yeah yeah even like watching XC I'm like no oh, like I don't know those guys just train hard I that's exactly what I think like I've ridden with some of those dudes and like they yeah. train so hard that's yeah. like that's why they're strong in my mind you yeah, know for sure so yeah. yeah I I for my sport and like I've said this too is so much technical ability goes into it that that's such a big differentiator that yeah I don't know okay. Yeah, well, let's let's move on. Um, completely unrelated. Do you ever ride a downhill bike? No, we don't have one. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to. Everyone talks about how sick downhill bikes are, and I'm like, I think I've owned one legit one in my lifetime, which wasn't even because it was like 2017 or something or yeah. older. That's and a maiden. That's maiden time. No, this was flatline time. Oh, flatline. That's big boy yeah. downhill bike time. <laughs> I did one downhill race, crashed a bunch, and I was like, yeah, not for me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so if we if we go back to young Jesse. You never had dreams of being a World Cup downhiller or World Cup XC racer? It was always enduro? Uh, no, I had dreams of being a World Cup XC racer and being the first to wear baggies. Um, and then the Cannondale guys did that and I was pretty stoked. Yeah. And then I just never really had the fitness and I was like about to stop. I went to university and was like kind of essentially hanging up the bike. Yeah. And then luckily Dre at rocky it was like hey like do you want to race on this enduro team and i was like yeah sure <laughs> yeah and sure. then it was like everything that i was like this is perfect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chill on the climbs and then just go really fast with the descents and then just kind of was like i just got really lucky with time and like that happened it was like a north american team and then the next year rocky wanted to go more into it like the, the french side fred glow from tribe which is a, a rocky distributor in france was starting this team and then they wanted me so like yeah I think actually I'd done well on Crank. I think I was like sixth at Crankworks that year. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, let's put Jesse on the team. Went to Flew to Europe for the last race, separated my shoulder. And then luckily they had me again for the following year. <laughs> let's try this guy yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, just luckily, like lucky right timing. But then like, I mean, I, I did well. I was getting like, I think top 20s, top 10s in my first year. And then like, yeah, just lots of injuries and then slowly figured it out. Yeah. Okay. I want to I want to talk about injuries in a few minutes. Uh, before we get there, though, I love enduro bikes because they need to be better in more places than mm -hmm. downhill bikes. Mm -hmm. You know, a downhill bike is a much more focused tool, and that's also there's some parallels there with you guys with the racers as well. You guys, mm -hmm. you guys need to be better 
everywhere. So let's talk about training a bit. And this might sound like a weird question for people that don't know you, mm-hmm. but what do you like more, training or racing? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> advantages and disadvantages. Um, <laughs> racing is what everyone, like it is the fun part because you've done all the training, but it's, I, I just care so much. So it's quite stressful for me. Yeah. Training yeah. is like when it's winter time, like it sucks because you're just, it, you're just suffering all the time, but it's like kind of easy and straightforward. And you just make your plan for the week. Yeah. And then you make a plan for the month and you just put your head down and do it. Yeah. So I hate it and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, of course, we get to do some fun things. Like we always go down south and do big road training camps and like those are fun. Yeah. That's, that's really good. But I would say that our winters are pretty harsh. Like yeah. I spend uh, at least 10 hours a week on an indoor trainer. Like for sure more actually. Like almost wanna, every week. Do you want to meet up on Zwift later? You and me? Have we not done one before? I don't think so. I don't do it in the summer. <laughs> yeah. I put the bike, I put the Zwift away from like, I don't know, March to November. Dude, you should fire it up in the summer. It's crazy because I'm only used to seeing winter Zwift times. And then you get on in the summer when you're fit and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to see that though. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I just want my winter body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, do you remember, let's go back a few years. Do you remember the start line of the first stage of the BC bike race? And I saw you there, and I think I said something like, I'm going to step on your balls. Yeah, you just, for sure, were like, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. And and I think that day you beat me by somewhere between 10 or 15 minutes over like two and a half to three hours or something like that. I was blown away mm-hmm. by how fit you were. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a, it's an important part of enduro racing, but do you think... Do you think everybody else is training as hard as you out there? Like I think that? I think most guys are. Yeah, I think like we've kind of already touched on. I like the training part of it. Yeah. I like the I like the different bikes, I like the XC bike, the road bike, the gravel bike, Zwift, yeah. honestly. So I think it helps that I some part of me likes that. Yeah. Um, so I think I've always wanted to get. It's taken me a while to build that fitness. I feel like, which is what, something that's kind of helped me succeed in these recent years, is that I've like had the time to build all that yeah um but yeah i think i think a lot of the guys are training really hard yeah but it's hard to know like i only know the subset of people that are in squamish and i feel like we all look at each other and what we're doing so we kind of almost like yeah see it and like oh shit i gotta train and who trains harder you or remy see that's the thing i don't know i feel like pretty pretty even yeah yeah okay take me through a day hard training what do you what are you doing uh like wake up sleep in make sure i get a full night's rest yeah uh have my big pancake just try to get as many carbs in as just possible. one big pancake yeah massive and then a couple of coffees well usually I have a coffee and then i'm like tired because i'm obviously trained all week procrastinate have another coffee yeah then get ready go on the bike <clears throat> then it depends what i'm doing like yeah i don't know like today you, you have a specific training plan i would imagine in the winters the and year. leading up to the yeah leading up to the races for sure and then now like I'm kind of a uh, sacrifice a lot in the winter, train really hard, and then just make sure I maintain through the summer. Like, okay. I want to enjoy my summers as much as I can, so I just go for rides. Yeah, and that's kind of like when I when I go for rides, I like I don't like riding slow. So on the descents, I go really fast, and that's like essentially training oh, really? for what I do. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I can't just like you know bumble down a trail like i just want to go yeah so even if i'm doing a big day or like i'm just going for a, a chill ride i'm still gonna attack yeah. the descents we're we were at the top of a descent a week or two ago or something and 
I was I was joking around again, and you said something. You you act you said something quite serious. You're like, dude, I gotta go. I got shit to do. I got I got bike riding to do, <laughs> and you you took off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you did wait for me, but it's it's interesting to see how fast you're going. Even like when it's not a race, I I guess my question would be is how hard are you going on the descents? Do you always have to be in that like attacking mindset? Are you at like 99% on every descent and do you have to be that way? I think so. It's like either that or not because if you go in that middle zone, you're kind of not focused and that's like really when you crash. So either I go really slow <laughs> yeah. and just like really chill or I'm you ha the bike set up for that speed. I'm used to that speed. I know how to hit things at that speed and that's where like, yeah. I think that's a something that people wouldn't realize maybe is that i don't every like of course riding and what i do is really fun but every day if i'm on my bike it's work purpose like yeah I, intent if i'm going to ride a trail like i'm going to be testing something i'm going to be sprinting it for training or i'm going to be going as fast as i can to go faster like it's that's all fun to me like i like that yeah. side of it but it's not like i just go ride for fun yeah, you know? me neither. I don't ride for fun. I only ride the train. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Like it, 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 yeah, that is fun to me. So it is like I'm going to ride for fun, but it is like it's work. Okay. Yeah. Do you do any like specific race simulation stuff? Like aside from just going out and riding a trail fast, do you ever go out and like simulate an enduro race before the season starts? Yep. Uh, we did that in 2021, I think, before we had like local races again. Um, Remy Miranda's trainer. Evan Guthrie planned like, I think we did one day or maybe two days, like one in Vancouver and yep. me, Aylan, Rami Miranda went out and like simmed a, simmed a race. Cause I think you kind of need, it's really hard to replicate race speed, you know, and, it's like, different. And, and effort mainly like yeah. speed I can do, but effort, like wanting to push when you're like on a flat section or a climb and you're like, well, why am I doing this right now? <laughs> Luckily this year we had local racing again. So I did three like nicely tiered races three weeks leading up to the season so to build up your speed yeah just to like yeah exactly just to get the mindset going again like remember how to race and and push to the end of a stage yeah okay how do you how do you reward yourself you can't eat broccoli and train 24 <laughs> 7 and aside from doing push-ups and lunges jesse how do you reward yourself i feel like the reward is like i don't know i finished a race like when i won austria it was just like a, that was the reward like that's just it. Yeah. That's all I need. Like, I'm just like, oh, like, that's sick. That's what I work for. And I can just, like, kind of relax and be super content and just, like, smile to myself being like, cool. Yeah. And that's all, like, I don't know. That's all I really need. You look stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get to Austria in a minute. But first, we got to talk about crashes and injuries for a second. Sure. Okay. So, there's times for all of us. We're forced off the bike due to injuries. But let's go back. 2019, you're sitting second overall. And then you go to Italy. Mm. And you have... What looks like to me, like the kind of crash from a nightmare it was huge. Yeah. You ended up with a, a fractured left tib fib, multiple fractures and dislocation of your left pinky, mm -hmm. uh, broken fifth metacarpal. Um, mentally, how do you come back from something like that? Have you ever used sports psychologist? Uh, yeah, for a couple of years, I've I've had a, a friend of mine that's a counselor, and uh, I've seen him. I don't know how long it's been now, but off and on definitely really and i feel like yeah that's honestly more just like keeping your life in check yeah. so that you can yeah just getting your life everything's good you know how to manage things and like he's giving me a lot of tools yeah um 
but I feel like coming back from injuries is, I don't, I don't know. It's just a slow process. You just have to be patient. It's like patient with the injury itself and then patient with your speed because you're going to want to ride fast, but you've just lost some of it. Yeah. But having said that, like, I feel like I came, you know, there was a couple years there where like I had that crash. I had broke my collarbone the year before. Um, and then I broke my hand or something as well. And like every time I came back, like right at the cusp of like when I was ready to go, I flew to Europe, I raced and I got a top 10. Yeah. And it was like, I think I'm really good at when I'm in the start, as soon as, as soon as we go, I'm yeah. just like race focused on and can just kind of ride to this level. And then it's like, I can always do that, but it was getting to that, like that next level of going really fast that, yeah. that takes the longest time. You touched on an interesting thing there before I interrupted you about the sports psychologist and, and having your life together. It's funny how like you can't just, I feel like to be the best in the world, you can't just be like, just focus on bike. Like the rest of your life has to be together too. Like mentally mm. and everything else has to be falling into place for you to perform when you really need to. Would you, would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, there's been some examples of that like recently quite large ones like Simone Biles in the Olympics and yep. other athletes where there's this ex expectation where we're supposed to perform at any given point at any given day dance no matter, monkey dance yeah, exactly and like I have two sides to that like I think yes that is what we are paid to do we're professional athletes you have to show up and you you have to you have to compete and like her backing out I was like man like I I don't know, you're there to do something. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like you can't just expect this human to be a robot and like put her like, you know, put herself at risk when she's not feeling it. Yeah. So I think that like, yeah, there's that's when everything needs to kind of be falling into place. And especially for what we do, like you cannot be distracted if like you can seriously hurt yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to crashing for a second. You strike me as someone who wants to figure out exactly how and why you crashed like mm -hmm. if you know what happened then you could move on and the reason that i asked that is yeah. i read your instagram post about that that crash in italy and it was super descriptive like step by step what happened as the crash happened and it was almost like you were writing it to yourself in a way mm -hmm. yeah for sure i i well, i'm a very analytical person nothing's ever good enough so i'm always kind of looking at what i can improve on um and that was like you know I wouldn't say like you, I am where I am because I've learned a lot of stuff yeah. and I've and I've had to work on a lot of different areas and like those crashes were all part of it like that showed me my bike basically my bike setup was off yeah. I was running what I thought was a too big bike for me so I had a super short stem and I slackened it out which like helped me go really fast in a straight line over rough stuff and I was like really good at that yeah but it was just my cornering like I just all of my crashes, all of those big crashes were my front wheel pushing. Oh. So not having front wheel traction. So actually, and it's just funny how these things happen. Like I'm, I know this, but I'm also like really stubborn. So it's hard for me to change things. You're a racer, a good <laughs> yeah. one. You don't want to change. I'm also just stubborn. But, <laughs> um, we were down in Port Angeles like one winter and Bryn Atkinson and Jill were there. And he was just saying, he just made some comment about like 40 mil stems. Like he tested everything. He's like, yeah got to be around 40 mil stems and I was like oh okay so I just got on the new slayer which is longer than any bike I've had previously threw a 40 mil stem on and it felt big but I was like whoa like I can just like turn that like yeah. my front end just has traction yeah and so that's when I got the altitude 
and we made all these custom changes to it right away and everyone's like why are they like changing this brand new bike and i was like i just want it to feel like my slayer did because that like worked and then i've obviously come a long way and i'm back to fully stock things on the altitude now so mm -hmm. like but so that whole telemetry thing like that we talked about first off is like i've just learned a lot about where i need my bike to perform and mm -hmm. it's really like when you're like man you, you get so tired in these stages and you can't really think and you are riding on autopilot you're not in a perfect cornering position <laughs> oh really so <laughs> yeah i just i need to make my bike have like just front wheel traction for me is like i'm not like casper woolly who's yeah. a freaking god of cornering yeah yeah and so yeah i figured that i figured that out and like it could all be coincidence for all those crashes but I have them all like I can replay them in my mind like collarbone hit a left hand turn and it was like going into a right hand turn and like my front wheel just like did not even hit the ground and I just went shoulder first on the ground before that when I broke my back humerus and ribs in finale again I was coming over this rise turning front wheel just went um, that crash with my ankle was into a corner front wheel just kind of pushed and then I like caught it and then it sent me off down the down the hillside and the bridge below it like yeah they all are just front wheel slightly pushing none of that sounds like coincidence no yeah so i'm it's upsetting one of the i think one of the biggest regrets or things i wish i had was some sort of like mentor or someone who's ahead of me i'm in, right here man you sport, can ask me anything you to need to know <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't know that until now it's too late just text me from italy i'll yeah. tell you what to change but that's the thing you know like you see someone like troy Brosnan, and you guess on this team with sam hale and freaking brendan faircloth and you're like yeah. he's got such good people to learn from and like i kind of had like flo was on our team and he was so good but that guy was just so naturally talented that like i couldn't learn anything from him yeah so i feel like i've had to learn all this and like Remy coming on the team was huge. He came from like downhill, so he had a lot more experience in bike changing, and I've learned a lot from him. Um, and he kind of like kickstarted my mindset into like figuring out the whole bike setup process. Yeah. So like he's been really good as well. But no one that like had gone through all this already, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like I could have avoided some pain. <laughs> the if process. I, if well, I you're had that. you're here now. I'm you're here. winning these things now. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm. I feel it. Okay. <laughs> I got a plate in my shoulder that really does not feel good. <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about some ups instead of plates in your shoulders sure. let's talk about some good things you seem to do pretty damn well when things are long and hard <laughs> is that uh, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me can you tell me how to win a 13 minute long ews stage how, how do you do that i don't even know i feel like i so i've always been worried about arm pump and another thing that i've just really focused on figuring out i had it happen to me like years ago and i like lost a bunch of time on a stage so i did a bunch of things i tested grips and bars and gloves and like everything and to like you stop it arm pump no oh i've just delayed it longer i thought you had the secret <laughs> no there is no secret um but you know we off air talked about moto gp and formula one and all that and there's a surgery you can do to your arms that yeah. moto gp guys get but I've heard it doesn't last very long, so it's not really worth it. Yeah, they. I think they crack open the casing of That's, your tendons. Yeah, and they stuff. just like scrape the fascia away. It's gross. It's pretty gnarly. But so, anyways, for that stage, it was you know start just ride as calmly, but as as well as you can for as long as you can, and just avoid on pump for as long as you can, and then like dude, the bottom of that stage, complete passenger, could yeah. not feel my brakes, didn't know when I was braking. Yeah, and like you saw Richie blow a hand off, like that guy's. A, yeah so strong and i was like the only thing saving me was my thumb joints like i just love humans have these thumbs that stop me from rolling off my handlebars like yeah i 
I was like, wow, I'm just bleeding time down here. So like to win that stage, obviously everyone goes through it, but yeah, yeah. it was wild. It's funny eh? in the moment how it feels like you're losing so much time. Like everybody else must be going faster through like some totally. awkward section, yeah. but that's not the case, is it? Yeah, that's, uh, it's it's nice how that works out sometimes. Yeah. I, on the other end of that, I'm always blown away how fast everybody can ride because yeah. I feel like I'm risking my life. <laughs> and there's like 10 guys on like five seconds and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a long stage like that, do you know the stage well enough to take chances in one spot and could serve in another like are you going into it with a strategy or are you just cracking it open no that one i did a little bit more line selection like i just knew all the lines i wanted to take just so that i when i was tired i knew that i'd be on like a smoother line kind of near the bottom yeah and i just i just yeah i knew it pretty well for sure yeah. okay i was mostly joking about how to win the 13 minute stage thing but You've, you've won, and you've also had plenty of podiums and top tens before that. Mm -hmm. So now that you've, you've been in both of those places on the results sheets, what is the difference between a rider who gets you know consistent top 30s, top 20s, maybe top 10, and someone like yourself now who's like consistently up there? Like obviously there's no one answer, but... Is there something you could, some insight or anything? What is the difference there? I think that's that's the the <laughs> problem. There is nothing. You know, I I wanted it so much when I was younger that I'd always look what other people are doing. I'd, I'd try to find like little snippets of like Nino's training or like yeah. Jerome's diet and like all these guys. Like, what are they doing? And people ask me that now. So it's really funny to be in that situation because everyone just messaged me on Instagram being like, oh, like I'm doing this. Like, how should I train? Like, what, blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, those are, you should be asking those questions for sure, but I, I just realized you have to figure it out for yourself. Yeah. And um, I don't know where I was going with that, but basically it just happens. Yeah. It's just work. It's just doing things over and over again. And you just slowly build. Some people, it just comes to you really quickly. Like Martin Mays was podium in when he was like 16 or something. Yeah. So, you know, some guys just get it quicker and some guys don't. Like it's just kind of a timeline of things and... You know, some guys will have a big injury that sets them back, even though they had all the talent in the world. Like, it's just, I don't know. Things just play out the you know, way they're going to play out. Someone could be super fast, but not have their life in order away from the track. And yeah, that could screw possible. them over too. Because you watch these guys ride, and I'm like, I kind of not, try not to let it like affect me, but I watch them. I'm like, man, everyone, like, they look so good on a bike. Yeah. And then it comes with the race, and like, they're wanting the same thing as like, how are you going 20 seconds quicker? Like, I don't get it. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just riding as fast as I can. I thought you were going to tell me some secrets so I could get better. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're pretty good, man. <laughs> you hopped on a bike after like, what, two months off, dropped in on my test session and didn't die. So that's pretty, that's I didn't pretty die. positive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you would ride for 30 seconds and wait for a minute, but <laughs> no. <laughs> I was also 12 hours after a European flight, so... Yeah, yeah, I can keep jet-lagged Jesse in sight when he stops for me. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I have a question about when you don't win, but you come so damn close. I remember talking to you at the EWS Whistler 2016. You were in the lead, going into the last stage. Mm -hmm. And then someone named Richie beat you. And I, I talked to you after that race, and... Honestly, if it was me, I feel like I would have been quite upset and angry. Like, even if not outwardly, that's not what I would intend. I think I would have been quite frustrated. But I just remember you being mm. 
so happy and magnanimous about it and like you were happy for Richie and it was so it was interesting to see and neat to see you know I think that one uh I had just reached a goal that was to have a good race in Whistler yeah so I wasn't I think I'd I'd struggled with uh injuries and mechanicals in so many years of that race I just I just just wanted to ride well and at that point to get second was like insane I wasn't even thinking about the win like yeah I don't know. I, I feel like I was actually winning in 2015 mm-hmm. or 14. I flatted on, I like dented my rim on the second last stage and I flatted on the last stage. So like, I just wanted to finish that race and be happy with my race. And that's all that that was. Yeah. Cause you know, fast forward to now and like Richie beating him in Canada, I was not too happy about <laughs> not it. so much. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I actually am, I'm upset with myself that I wasn't as like, yeah, like you can't really get mad at those guys. I wasn't mad. I of course, wasn't mad at Richie, but I was mad at like myself that I lost on the last stage. I was like, God, this guy is just yep. so fast. So it's like things have changed for sure. Yeah. I think my expectations and my goals have changed. So it's just a matter of like where your expectations are. Yeah. And that's, I think what it comes down to is, and it could, it could go back to other people, you know, wanting to do well. It's like, you can't really have results on your, on your goal sheet, you know? Yeah. There's so much going on over, it's over yeah. a race weekend. It's so complicated that, I feel like just saying, I need to win this race, and if I don't win, I'm going to be bummed. That's yeah. it's trouble, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you kind of got to get out. It's like it's such a weird. Got to get away from it, but of course that's what everyone's searching for. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. Talk to a sports psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, okay, moving on a bit. Uh, I read an old interview with you and they asked you about what trails you would recommend people ride in the Whistler bike park. This was many, 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 <laughs> many years ago. And your answer was amazing. It was, don't ride the bike park. And then you recommended <laughs> the no flow zone. Nice. Um, and you and I, we've talked about in the past how we like comfortably numb, which is like mm. super awkward, classic XC trail. Those are pretty non-enduro trails you just like riding bikes don't you mm-hmm. yeah i guess i think my answer to that would change a little bit <laughs> yeah, i was surprised still you know what bike park just go out a line because it's the best jump trail in the world or yeah. merchant but yeah i think the trails outside of the bike park for if you're gonna go to whistler like are just so good yeah okay yeah How- but no flow zone man it, that makes you if just spend your days in there and that makes you a good rider yeah yeah especially a place like, I mean, you're going to Europe where things are different than here. Mm-hmm. The trails are quite different. Um, I imagine training on some of that kind of weird jank stuff can be useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You're also active in the pink bike comment section. Not something I see many pros doing, to be honest. You look like just a fan of the sport. Definitely. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I'm a fan of a lot of sports. I just, I'm a fan of sport, I would say. I like watching people push themselves and kind of get the most out of a race. So I, you know, it's too many. Like we got motocross and supercross, MotoGP, Formula One, uh, the tour is on right now. Yeah. I watched like obviously XC. Did you downhill. see Pajakar today? Lost all that time. Oh my lord! Big he's coming back though. though. Too, yeah, he's coming back. I feel like he's he's fainting maybe a little bit for you tomorrow. Just, just put the patch <laughs> yeah. on the balls and just head off on that breakaway right yeah. from the start. But yeah, no. So I'm a fan, and I I like that people are stoked on it. So if they're, I try to like, I I try to be what I would want to have happen. Like you know, if 
yeah i feel like i message some of the like pro downhills and stuff and i'm like oh man like that was sick and like when they get it when i get a response i'm stoked so yeah. i try to emulate that on the other side that's cool that's really neat to see um <clears throat> we're gonna finish up here in a minute i got two more questions for you i know you're a positive guy but you've been doing this ews racing for a long time now at the highest level if you could run the series and just wave a magic wand what kind of changes would you like to see? More races, less races, more pedaling, no uplifts? I don't know. Uh, you know what? They're doing a pretty good job. And like, it's really tough because I feel like we're such harsh critics. And like, when they change something, we don't like it. But then it, you look back and you're like, well, it's actually better than it was. Um, I do miss the big days. The thing is, is like, it's just a mental shift. Like, we have the Squamish Endure we did before the season, it was a huge day, like six hours. But it's not as stressful because it was like kind of a local, more fun race. Yeah. So that was just like really sick to do with your buddies, have a massive day where like you're just trying to survive this thing. Yeah. If that was in EWS, like I remember those big days and I was like more stressed because I was like, well, I have to do well on the stages. So the big day kind of was like not as fun. Yeah. So it's tough. I think the the whole pro stage thing is sweet, but they got to like do what they said they were going to do and like make good stages and film them well. Yeah. We're not like doing any cooler trails. Like they were supposed to, I thought, almost build really spectator friendly and like trails that make us look good, you know? Yeah. Because I think the, the one thing with Enduro is, yeah, we ride a lot of jank for sure, but we also ride some really sick trails and the speed we go after one lap is insane. Yeah. So they just need to figure out how to showcase that. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the biggest thing, I think. It's a hard part of the sport. Same challenge with, you know, showing people yeah. WRC racing. You totally. guys are just so spread out. And yeah. Yeah. But I would like to see better coverage. That would be top of my list. Yeah. Which is I think, not like, easy. It's, they're not doing it because, like, they're not getting the same views. Like, you, you look at Vital and like, they stop doing Vital Raws and all this stuff because they don't get the same views as Downhill. But it's like, you know, chicken or the egg. You got you to gotta yeah. put those out to build, the, to build it. So exactly. that comes from EWS. Hopefully this big discovery uh, partnership will like add cameras on course. And like they've been doing a good job. Like hiring Carlson, I think was amazing. He's such a good energy. Yep. They're getting a lot of footage on the course. And I think like they're, they'll figure it out. Yep. Yeah. All right. One last question. I'm going to let you go. What is it about enduro racing that you like so much? Why do you do this crazy ass sport, Jesse? I like, it comes down to just riding my bike. <laughs> right. I just like going for big rides. I like riding my bike. And it's just the... Uh, just a really fun way to spend a day you can, i like have a bunch of friends getting into the sport so it's sick that i get to like socialize with my old friends on a bike they have so much fun i have so much fun yeah i like the fitness aspect of it um yeah it just keeps me keeps me excited and entertained all right okay that's all i got for you jesse why don't we play some sim racing yeah, yeah. Maybe? <laughs> i'll come back for some formula one here <laughs> all right jesse thanks for your time and uh we'll see you in whistler and good luck in whistler i'll be pulling for you there thanks a lot